Welcome to Honey Roast, a wholesome hope punk podcast where guest stars roast a creator that they love and are inspired by. This episode marks the end of season one. Together, we've spent an entire season bringing a little more love and hope in the world. We've introduced listeners to new creators, we've had amazing guests, and we've received so much love and support from you, the listener. A major thank you to all of our Season 1 Indiegogo producers who've helped make this show a reality. Robert Anderson, Robbie Vandemotter, Alex Hensley, Kyle Decker, Richard Kreutz-Landry, Ryan Bolter, Tozaman, and Bradley Dusler. It's pure heart. This is Honey Roast. In the midst of all of the hardships and all of the surrounding rocks and stuff, I found this this piece that has given me joy. This is what your heart is calling and it's unquantifiable. I'm Tess, and I'm your host. Hello, Megan. Hello. I'm so glad you're here with me today. Me too. You are here to wrap up an entire season of beautiful roasts of all sorts of different creators. And we've got something really special planned. Yeah. Why don't you tell me about who you're going to roast? With pleasure. I am going to roast you, indie creator. Whether you are creating indie music or web series, either you are self-published or you're doing a podcast or a webcomic, you're doing something really cool. You're doing something really special and you're doing it without really any knowledge and without really any support uh and and you're doing it on your own and that's amazing and that's astounding and i'm here to roast you and say how grateful i am and how inspired i am by that that amazing piece that you have worked on and that you have poured your soul into it and it means a lot to me so that's that's who i'm talking about today Why is indie work so important to you? Like, what is it about something that is created by an individual or a small group of people who aren't well-known or who don't have big names or big money behind them? Why is that important to you? I think that it's easy for us to look at the thing that is dedicated. It's easy for us to look at a thing that has a ton of people and a ton of work and a ton of dedicated manpower hours and find critiques in that and but it's even easier to look at someone who's just starting out and and point out the flaws in that and that's heartbreaking to me we don't like none of us come out the womb knowing what we're doing and we still don't it even it it doesn't matter We're, we're constantly learning and we're constantly pushing boundaries and we're constantly pushing to be better and and say something and that's something that i love so much about indie content is how it pushes to say something there is a story that is bursting outside of the hearts of indie creators that they can't keep inside anymore. They can't hold it in themselves and and they know that, you know, they may not have 
somebody to hand them a bunch of money and to hand them a bunch of experience. So they go and they figure out how to do it themselves. And sometimes we get some of the best, most rewarding and most dangerous storytelling, like risk-taking and imaginative and different storytelling. I've been so... I've heard some of the, the things that I never would have thought to to have experienced in, in indie uh, in indie spaces and there's something there's something magical it's kind of like finding gold it's the it's the modern equivalent to striking gold in in the west that it's that i think it's that it's that feeling of this is this is something that no one else has seen or this is something that i i in the midst of all of the hardships and all of the surrounding rocks and stuff i found this this piece that has given me joy so when you're listening to an indie creator's work in, you know, a podcast or or reading a webcomic or a novella, what do you feel when you're experiencing an indie creator's work and it has just hit that gold like you're talking about? I think it's different experiences for different people. I have found that indie work is the thing that makes me cry the fastest, and that is that's my litmus test. That's how I gauge things. And it doesn't even have to be like tears of sadness. It's tears of, of joy and, and humor. And it's tears of, of heartbreak or tears of, of connection. I have found that indie content, whether listening to indie music or reading uh, self-published books, it touches a space because it's raw. You're, you're not having a, a creator who's doing this out of the goodness of their heart, like because it's a job. You're doing like, I am experiencing hours of hours of, of work and turmoil and pain. And that rawness and that newness is something that I don't think that you find in things that aren't indie. Not to say that things that aren't indie aren't good, they are, but there's a, there's a rawness and a, something that I think is most akin to spirituality because it's just, it is not, it's pure, it's, it's pure heart. Do you think that's because you can relate to the individual more with it being so raw? Like, do you think that's like one of the reasons that it's it allows you to almost feel more? Yeah, I think that there's something there's less of a barrier. There's less of um, so, you know, I work in I work in television and I work in, in spaces that have designated resources. And I have heard from many, many people that it the process is very mystifying. It's it's behind an iron curtain. There is not a you don't have access to these creators that that do things that you like so much and whereas with any creations there's no curtain there's no barrier you sometimes often more often than not you you see how the sausage gets made and we're, we're living in a world where you can easily jump on social media and connect to your favorite indie creators and that that also means a lot and helps helps people keep going and making their art i mean fan fiction and fan art is something else that like is it should definitely be mentioned here because it's you know hours and hours and hours of work that someone puts into a story that that they're not getting paid for and doing it out of this sheer love and devotion and to me that's where a lot of stories come from is you know if there's anything else in the world to do you do it but there's not. You have to. You have to do this. This is what your heart is calling. And I think that there is the barrier of accessibility. While it is very difficult to find these things, like sometimes you do have to wade through um, and find something that you love more than anything else. But the the barrier between art and artistry and and that type of like 
they feel real and these these stories feel real in a way that sometimes behind the barrier they don't yeah indie creators make up most of the online communities that i'm a part of podcasters graphic designers game designers artists writers we all have something in common that is my absolute favorite thing and it's that we all have such wildly unique stories and ideas and most of us just want to help lift each other up so i asked megan what her favorite thing about the indie creator community is a really cool thing that exists within indie creation is that It can be a bunch of different things for a bunch of different people. You find more niche marketing. I know the tropes that I love. I know, because I've I've kind of studied it, I've looked into it. Like I really enjoy things like kidnapping (laughs) and that's not everybody's thing. But those are the types of stories that I enjoy. And so I can find those niche stories that are maybe not for everybody, but are something special for me. And I think that that's something that like, I've I've loved watching in the, indie content creation community how you know about like a lot of representation like in major stuff it's it's starting to get better but there's not always a lot of representation whereas in indie content creation there is and that is really cool and beautiful and and heartwarming for me to like be able to see like oh you're you're found here your your space is here you are loved here because we see you and we know what you want Are there any particular pieces of indie media that really call to you personally, that stand out to you as shining examples of how beautiful and important the indie creator is and can be? For me, like I could, I can go through like a list of different things. Like in terms of indie music, like I love, there's a, there's a band called Baywood that's out of like Denver and California. And it's two dudes that just are like a two man show and they, it's like folk music that they play from the heart. And I found them because I went to a show from another indie creator called Julia Nunez, who does music on uh, YouTube. And that was also something really beautiful as this person that I've like, I've followed for years and love her music. And it's music that I connect with and feel in my soul and heart. That is difficult to say for like other people, maybe that, that they may not find it the same way that I do, but that's what's so great about it is that like, well, that's fine. You don't have to like this person, but you will love this type of thing. Like, and then you go on a search and find that. And it's like gold seeking, like I said before. Yeah. Indie podcasts are a huge thing. Like one of my best friends in the world is Lauren Shippen and the stories that she creates, I'm constantly amazed by. And that is all out of her own, like it all started in her apartment. And that's astounding and so strong. And there's a comic that I love called Nothing Special which is just this whole world that, that this woman created. And you just follow this this girl who thinks that she's nothing special and you find out that she is. And it's silly and it's fun and all of these different types of things that are just perfect for me. And I think that a lot of other people will love them too. And so I'm really glad that like these things are out in the world. And I love that more things like this, like those things that I mentioned may not be for everybody, but they exist and they exist because somebody put so much hard work into them for me to be touched by and enjoy and for others like me. And, and there are things that I don't love, but love that they like maybe don't love because it doesn't necessarily affect me personally, but I love that it exists and is out there for others that maybe have a different life experience than me. Even as we talk, there are people in their apartments, in their library or at school, you know, drawing or writing or thinking these these creative ideas they could share with the world. Why do you think we 
why do you think indie creators do that? What do you think drives them? Masochism. (laughs) (laughs) But there's something deeper than that. That's the easy answer. That's the fun answer. That's the answer that I think most indie creators will give you. But it it stems from something, I think, deeper and and different walks of life and different faith styles will say something different. But it all boils down to a calling. It all boils down to this this is a story that's on hearts that I believe resonates so strongly and they just have to get it out it's like a it's it's like an I'm trying to think of something that's not like a sickness that you you try to explain it but I think that also is part of it where you're just like I can't tell any other I have to tell this I have to get this out of me it is bursting out of my skin and I think that that is for a lot of people for a lot of indie creators it's the idea of getting that story the idea of never telling that story is a fear greater than the the hardship and the fear of, of making it in general, if yeah. that makes sense. Like, yeah. I think that that, at the end of the day, is what's really impressive, is that, like, if the fear of not telling the story is greater than the fear of, of figuring out how to do it, congratulations, you're an indie creator. <laughs> <laughs> is there anything else that you want to touch on about the indie creator, about why they're so important to you or to, or to the community or or to the world at large. I think that I, I have something to say about like, if you're just starting out and you seem afraid of like the people in particular industries, I think because I think that like, sometimes like when you first put something out there, you're really not sure where to go. And ideally like you're you're in those spaces already. And so you kind of know, like I know that author, like indie author Twitter is a really big thing. And I know that a lot of people like have found spaces there. And you know, the podcast community is really beautiful and wonderful. But I think that, like, if you don't have access to those spaces or you're not sure how to find them, try. It's valuable. And people are not nearly as scary as you may think that they are. Almost every single person is willing to talk to you and to reach out to you. But they may not know that they need to. So you have to you have to say something. You have to you make every community that you're in better. You just have to be a part of that community or you just have to say something and it may be that also may be partly scary at first, but I don't want I just don't want indie creators to feel like they have to live in a hole. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Sequestered away. No, there's there's really there's really beautiful communities out there waiting for you. And that's why your art is so important um, to not be afraid to like it doesn't matter how many how big someone looks. They're still a human being and they still want to talk to you just as much as you want to talk to them. They just don't <laughs> know it yet. You just have to tell them that they do. <laughs> I love that. That's perfect. If you were dictating a a letter of support or love to them, what would you say to them directly? Dear indie creator, it is worth it. It's worth it. And you are heard. And you matter. And it doesn't matter how other, like how many other people listen to it. And it doesn't like numbers don't matter. And, you know, they matter in terms of yes, sure, monetary reasons. But like ultimately at the end of the day, don't compare don't look at anybody else's stats they don't they don't measure what you're putting out into the world which is gold and it's unquantifiable and you are so strong for doing it and you are so amazing and you are very loved for doing this brave thing that I'm sure scares you and continues to scare you and that is fair and valid and I'm grateful that you're doing it anyway because it changes me and it changes the way that a lot of people 
live and and understand life. And I am so grateful that your words and voice are out there in the world and that you are making a difference. So here we are sliding straight on through to the reverse roast because I can't wait to tell you about Megan and her work. On top of being an award-winning screenwriter, Megan is the creator and showrunner of the podcast Red Rhino, which is a comic book style teen superhero audio drama where the superhero's powers are, frankly, sort of mundane. This show has so much heart and character to it and I absolutely adore it. Megan and her team have done a beautiful job with this show. Megan is so sweet and delightful, and I'm so happy to have had the opportunity to talk to her. Her Twitter feed reflects the joy, love, and hope that she brought on to this episode. She's endlessly funny, witty, and is constantly boosting the work of creatives in several communities and industries. After Megan agreed to be a guest on the show, she approached me with her idea of who she wanted to roast, and I was ecstatic. Because I believe that this is the essence of what Honey Roast is. It's about loving creators of all kinds, sharing their work, being inspired by them, supporting them. I'm so thankful that Megan did this episode with me and truly, truly carried it through to perfection. You can find Megan on Twitter at MegFitz89 or at RedRhinoPodcast.com. Links are in the show notes. So listeners... Whatever you're creating, however you're creating, keep doing it. Do it for the community and the fans and the world, but most importantly, do it for yourself. Tell your story through art, music, design, audio, theater, whatever your craft is, keep doing it. You are amazing. Thank you for being you. Thank you for doing the things that you are doing. And thank you for being part of this community. And of course, Honey Roast is going to be taking a little bit of a break. But don't worry, because September is International Podcast Month. There will be over 60 episodes of original content of all sorts, including interviews with creators, nonfiction episodes, audio drama minisodes, and RPG one-shots, releasing every single day throughout the month of September. Head on over to internationalpodcastmonth.com for more information. So, while Honey Roast is on its between-seasons hiatus, we ask you to continue to spread the love. Reach out to the folks that are creating things that matter to you, and tell them. Tell your friends about their work. Share their work and their stories, and don't forget to be sweet to yourself, too. Honey Roast is co-produced by Tess Kokyo and Julia Schifini. Edited by Tess Kokyo and Julia Schifini. With sound design by Julia Schifini. Special thanks to our creative consultant, Will Williams. Our visual design and art assets are by Mandy Corcoran, and our theme music is composed by Emily E. Mayo. All music from this episode, apart from the theme music, is by Daniel Birch and licensed under a Creative Commons license. Link is in the show notes. You can follow us on Twitter at HoneyRoastPod. Transcripts for every episode can be found on our website, HoneyRoastPod.com. Honestly, Honey Roast wouldn't be here today without all of our amazing Indiegogo and Patreon supporters. Thank you. You're amazing. And finally, for all of my podcasting friends out there, please have a snack, have a drink of water, take a deep breath. You've got this. Cheers and sweetness.